Welcome to day 87 of Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of scripture. Um, most of the Old Testament story for the people of Israel has been um, at the basis of Mount Sinai. Uh, there are large chapters there where the people are learning what it means to be the people of God, to be formed by God. I'm Paul Kemp, by the way, here with David Keefe and mm-hmm. Cindy Kemp and Matt Kresge. And uh, they're at the foot of Mount Sinai learning to be formed by God. And so we come to the book of Numbers. You have Exodus and you have Leviticus and you have Numbers. And finally, they move out you know, from the foot uh, of Mount Sinai. And again, the story of Numbers is much like the story of Exodus. Uh, the people complain against God. They complain against his leadership. Uh, they find themselves in tension. Uh, not only with the heart of God, but also with uh, with Moses. And then we come to the end of the story for this generation as they uh, move into, explore the land of Canaan, but they see uh, the obstacles rather than seeing the God who delivered them from Egypt, and, and they shy away. So we come to a, a sad point in the story, uh, Exodus, I mean Numbers rather, uh, chapter 13. Mm-hmm. Um, before we read, as we always do, we come here... I'm reminded of what Paul says, you know, in First Corinthians, you know, chapter ten. These things happen to them and are written down as examples for us, and to whom the fullness of the ages has come. And uh, one of the lessons he draws from this is learn not to grumble the way that they they grumbled. So there's a lot of positive we learn as we see the heart of God and we see the commands of God, but there are also some things to avoid, which is uh, the lack of faith. Uh, that results in in the kind of grumbling we see from uh, the children of Israel. So before we read, Cindy, why don't you lift us up with a word of prayer? Sure. Father, we come to this time in your word, and Lord, while we're about to read a passage about um, this nation of Israel and their uh, lack of faith, Father, we know that we stand in that same place so often whether it's a lack of faith or just unfaithfulness, Father, we thank you that you are always true and you are always faithful. And ask, Father, that as we read this this portion of Scripture, that you would convict our hearts accordingly. And, Father, that you would also encourage us um, because we are believers in the one who's made this all possible to have a relationship with you and have faith, and that is uh, your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And Numbers uh, chapter 13. The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. These are their names. From the tribe of Reuben, Shammua, son of Zakur. From the tribe of Simeon, Shaphat, son of Horai. From the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephthah. From the tribe of Issachar, Egal, son of Joseph. From the tribe of Ephraim, Hoshea, son of Nun. From the tribe of Benjamin, Palti, son of Raphu. From the tribe of Zebulun, Gadiel, son of Sodai. From the tribe of Manasseh, a tribe of Joseph, Gadai, son of Susai. From the tribe of Dan, Amiel, son of Gimeli. And from the tribe of Asher, Sethur, son of Michael. From the tribe of Naphtali, Nabi, son of Oshi. From the tribe of Gad, Guel, son of Mikey. These are the names of the men Moses sent to explore the land. Moses gets Hoshea, son of Nun, the name Joshua. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, Go up through the Negev and on into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? 
What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in the land or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. So they went and explored the land from the desert of Zen as far as Rehob toward Lebo Hamath. Uh, they went up through the Negev and came to Hebron, where Ammonman, Shishai, and Talmai, the descendants of Anak, lived. Hebron had been built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. When they reached the valley of Eshkel, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it on a pole between them, along with some pomegranates and figs. The place was called the Valley of Eshkel because of the cluster of grapes the Israelites cut off from there. At the end of the 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live here in the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb saw that's the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone with him said, We can't attack these people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak came from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. <clears throat> we looked the same to them. And what an anticlimactic moment <laughs> in the life of Israel. All of this hardship and all of the wandering in, in, um, in, the, land, in the wilderness coming up to this point. And looking at the land and saying it, it is a great land. It is everything God has promised us. But the people there are way too strong for us, and the obstacles are way too great for us. And they have a very short memory. You know, God had already taken uh, the most powerful nation on the face of the earth and reduced it, you know, to absolutely nothing in order to free them. And now He's willing to do the same thing in order to deliver this land to them. But uh, they refuse to go. Yeah, no, it's obviously. So easy to read this and be like, come on, guys. Like, haven't you seen everything that God's done so far? And I mean, obviously, just thinking back, even the Red Sea, you know, where it's like he just kind of blew his nostrils, as they said, and kind of divided the waters, you know, like <laughs> it was not an effort. It'd be uh, a strong just effort. Just like you, David, to pick up that particular image. <laughs> oh, it's even so out effortless. Why don't you do that? Out of all of I the beautiful and Hebrew in, poetry. But I mean, it's, it's us when, yeah. you know, we, we've seen no. the faithfulness of our God and yet we fail time and time again to believe that he can actually provide or care for us and even in such small ways but we've seen such big faithfulness and yeah. so have they and of course you have so many genealogies you know through uh through the history of israel you know sometimes they recount faithfulness sometimes they just simply recount generations uh, these men would be recorded forever as those who came to the edge of god's promises and said uh, we don't want to go and of course, you're right, David. There is so much of us in this. There are so many things uh, that we back down in fear. So many lesser things, uh, without even being confronted by the nephilim, we often yeah. mm -hmm. uh, back down. We're often intimidated by circumstances around us, rather than trusting in the power and the presence and the ability of our God. And 
the irony is they recognize you know the land does flow with milk and honey it's just as god said it you know he's bringing us into this beautiful land it's a land flowing with milk and honey they're Mm -hmm. seeing the promises attached to the land and yet at the same time rather than looking to the lord and his provision and you know his guidance and and even just a couple chapters ago you know rise up lord and you'll scatter the enemies they're they're looking inward and saying there's nothing in us that can cause these guys to scatter um, and then they begin to s- not just spread a bad report about their own ability, but about the land itself, which is attached to the promises of God. Mm, there's mm-hmm. no doubt. And, and of course, again, that's a big distinction, you know, Matt, whether we look uh, to our resources or we look to God's resources, we look within ourselves uh, or we look to God. And a lot of times we're overconfident in ourselves and a lot of times we're overly fearful in ourselves. Our perspective is only... Uh, right when we see circumstances around us through the eyes of our God and through the promises of our God as well. It's interesting to me too, um, in 33 or 32, um, this was the land that God was sending them to. And yet they said, the land we explored devours those living in it. Um, And then he went on to talk about the people, but this was the land that God had chosen for them. And yet, you know, I mean, they were coming back with a, a report that was not true. You know, God was placing them specifically in that land. No, there, there is. Uh, there, there's probably some exaggeration in exactly. here. You know, just yeah. you know, just a little bit. We are grasshoppers. Mm-hmm. You know, in their eyes, and 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 certainly there may have you know been some people who are you know mighty in stature, but but uh, uh, we later see God's ability to reduce them. You know, mm-hmm. in the times of the king, in the times of David is. As well, so there, there's you know there uh, there is you know this you know kind of idea that it devours the people that uh, live in it uh, as a gift of God. It would be a blessing to the people that He was giving it mm-hmm. you know giving it to. I think it's a reminder too that um, fears really can generate and create um, deceptions. I mean, things that are not true. Then all of a sudden you're afraid of things that are not true. You know, because of your fear escalating too. So. Yeah, that was a hard moment for them. Yeah, and either way we go, you know, some our overconfidence in our own abilities, which you right. know sometimes we have, you know, sometimes rather than shrinking back in fear, we're overconfident and we mm-hmm. overestimate, you know, what we can do on our own. Apart, you know, from the part that uh, that creates a false reality, and of course our fears create a false reality. Right. And mm-hmm. our our reality is is only valid as in as much as it's shaped by the heart of God mm-hmm. uh, and the will of God. And as we said a while ago, the promises of God. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what they're forgetting. Right. Not only that, the past works of God. Mm-hmm. I love even the author's note in uh, kind of more towards the middle or mm-hmm. beginning of chapter 13 where it talks about, you know, and, and scope out the land, do your best to bring back some of the fruit. And it says uh, it was the season for the first ripe grapes. You know, it, I mean, the author's preparing us. This was a great land. And um, they get there and they find it exactly, you know, they start trimming off grapes. And I mean, this is a, mm-hmm. a land that is, is bountiful. I mean, it's, it's full of plenty. You it know? took two people to carry one cluster of grapes. <laughs> yeah. So maybe they're right. They were not able to take on the people of the <laughs> yeah. land. It took grapes. Two other, the grapes overcame them. Yeah, the grapes. It's a good wine. The grapes devoured <laughs> us. Yeah. You couldn't even handle the grapes. <laughs> Did we have a Grapes of Wrath reference over there? Oh uh, uh, that okay, guys, let's get back on focus. <laughs> yeah. But so, what, what a great land and, and coming from the hand of a, of a gracious God, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and failing to see... A God who has a giver of all good gifts, you know, mm-hmm. they they just they turn it and, and mm-hmm. they 
they don't see his provision they don't see his sustaining grace um they look they look inward yeah so how do you think paul how how should we kind of look at caleb here because it seems like he's kind of a man of has a lot of enthusiasm and kind of like seems to have some faith but he's also like you know let, let's take possession of the land for we can certainly do it you know but prior to all this we've seen you know god's the one doing these kind of great yeah. feats but he kind of has a a little bit more maybe a, a focus on what they can do rather than we, uh, you know we do see it you know in the narrative when we're introduced to caleb we do see him as you know a man who does uh you know have great confidence because of who his god is mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. so i think you know the overriding you know picture of both you know joshua and mm-hmm. caleb is is very positive in the in, in the side of you know scripture mm-hmm. and, and i think you know implied in the we can do it is you know certainly if this is the lord's will yeah, for yeah, us cool. yeah. you know we can do it you know we can do it as well well, he's just met with a big no after that. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. <laughs> and we seem the same to them. <laughs> they didn't see us much differently. Yeah. And, and, of course, that's uh, exactly uh, you know exactly what we've been talking about. Their, their, perception, uh, their perception is greatly skewed because they're seeing through their own eyes. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Chapter. Hey, Matt, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God who is gracious, a God who sustains and and provides us um, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. Father, we we ask that um, you would reorient our vision away from ourselves and, and back on you. Father, would you fix our gaze on Christ Jesus and will we be transformed into his image through it? Thank you for your word. Thank you for the ways you continue to encourage us and sustain us. Um, Father, forgive us for the times we look inward and fail to look um, rightly at you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.